On today's debut episode of Hoops from the Hive, we sit down with Bleacher Report's featured columnist, Dan Favale, and ask him if Kimba Walker deserves a spot in the All-Star game. Yeah, absolutely. If we were going to pick teams just based off merit and feel the starting five, he's in the starting backcourt for the East, whether you partner him with Kyle Lowry or John Wall. I believe he's been uh, the best point guard in the East this year. We also offer up our first Hornets recap where we talk about the Hornets' defeat to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 121-109. to All that and more, here we go. From the Hive, podcast for Hornets fanatics. Now, here's your host, Dan Dotson. Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Hoops from the Hive. My name is Dan Dodson, and thank you so much for joining us on our debut first ever episode of this podcast. The goal of this podcast is very simple. It's to provide you, the Charlotte Hornets fanatic, with the best possible content that we can. We're going to be doing deep dive stuff on all Hornets all the time. We've got some great interview guests coming on. We're going to be talking X's and O's, commentary, analysis. We've got uh, game previews, game recaps coming up. And I'm just super excited to begin to develop uh, what I I think is a very unique form of a relationship through podcasting with you, my potential audience. Uh, Just a few housekeeping things before we really dive into some analysis here on the team. Uh, First, this is called episode 001. Uh, This is our first episode, as I said, uh, but there's also one that I've uploaded called episode 000. And what that is, is sort of like a behind the scenes, what I'm calling a meet and greet almost. It's it's not really necessarily coverage of the team, but it's it's a kind of a, a way for you, my potential audience and myself to get to know each other a little bit. Again, I think podcasting is a unique form of media where uh, people are able to come to a source, they're able to pick a podcast, and, and not only do they come there for information, but they also start to develop a little bit of a relationship with the person who is providing that information. So that episode 000, again, is just a way for me to tell you a little bit more about myself, my background, uh, where I came from, uh, where what my style is like, some, some people that I really like, uh, what my history is with the Charlotte Hornets as a fanatic myself. Uh, so that, again, is episode 000. If you're not interested in that information and you want to jump straight to the coverage, then that's what this episode is for. That's episode 001, the one that you're listening to right now. And then one other thing really quickly before we jump in is, uh, again, this is a brand new podcast, so uh, we're, we're trying to work some things out still, work some kinks out with some structure stuff. I'd like to ask you to do three things, if you if you don't mind. The first is subscribe to us. If you like what we're doing, tell a friend and subscribe to this podcast. Second, give us a rating. If we're a two-star podcast, let me know. If we're a, st- if we're a five-star podcast, tell me why. Uh, and then finally, write us a review. Uh, I will read Every single review that is given, um, every single comment, please don't uh, be too angry or upset with me if, if this is uh, a horrible podcast and, and there's only three people out there who listen to it. Um, but subscribe to us if you like what we're doing. Tell a friend. Give us a rating uh, and then write a review. Uh, if, if there's a segment that you really like and enjoy, 
let me know and uh, we'll, we'll work on that. Or if something doesn't work, tell us and maybe we can take that out or, or tweak that a little bit. So subscribe, rate, and review. All right, enough housekeeping stuff. Let's jump in to some Hornets talk. Hornets recap. The Hornets recap is where we go over the most recent game and analyze what happened for the Charlotte Hornets. On We are recording this on Sunday, January the 1st. Uh, so the game on the 31st, December 31st, that is. The Charlotte Hornets were defeated at home to the Cleveland Cavaliers, the world champions, 121 to 109. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets had been coming into this game winning five of six. They had been playing very well other than uh, that buzzer beater loss to uh, the Nets. But listen, LeBron was on his game in this. Uh, forgive me if I don't provide earth-shattering analysis here. LeBron's really good. Uh, the Hornets should do everything they can to avoid this guy in the playoffs. But uh, Kyrie Irving was out in this game, and LeBron said it in his post-game comments that he was trying uh, to be aggressive, and he was looking for his offense early. LeBron, uh, 32 points, 6 rebounds, 9 uh, assists. Here's the big number was his 4 for 8 from threes. I, I think he hit his first four three-pointers. He had 17 points in the first quarter, um, just just setting the pace uh, for for a difficult game for the Hornets to come back. Uh, they were outscored 35 to 28, and, and it seemed like a bigger lead than that in the first quarter. Um, Clifford talked about it in his post-game interview. You're going to find out in this podcast that I'm a big fan of Coach Clifford. He doesn't BS. He just tells you like it is. Uh, he, he made it very simple. Charlotte just doesn't have the talent to compete with an elite-level team when Charlotte is not playing their absolute best. Uh, Charlotte allowed 71 points in the first half. A lot of it was due to LeBron James and his aggressiveness. Um, There's a few ways to defend LeBron, I think. And, you know, luckily Charlotte has one of the premier defenders in the league in MKG, uh, and they were putting him and saying, you got him. But uh, one, you don't want LeBron attacking the paint. You want him uh, shooting long shots from range. And that's exactly what they were doing. The second thing you don't want to do against LeBron is you don't want to double him. He's such a good passer. Uh, he's he's such, got such good basketball IQ that he's going to find somebody. And they weren't doing that either. They were making him shoot difficult shots off balance, off the dribble. He was just hitting them. You know, the, the guy's the four-time MVP for a reason. Um, he, he was shooting off the dribble 27, 30 feet, and it was just going in the first quarter. Uh, that's exactly what you want to do. And Clifford said it. He said, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do when he's hitting those shots. You just kind of tip your cap and say, um, you know, congratulations, you're the best player in the world. Uh, and Charlotte just didn't bring their A game in the first half. They did really well in the second half, fought back. Uh, they cut it several times to eight points, uh, 10 points. It, it just could never close the gap. Even without Kyrie, uh, Cleveland seemed like they were in complete control for most of this game. Another thing that's a little disconcerting to me uh, using the eye test here, I, I know Charlotte ranks still in the top 10 as a defensive team, but uh, it seems like their rotations this season are a little slow. Uh, teams teams are moving the ball. Cleveland is an excellent ball movement team, especially. But for whatever reason, uh, teams, teams can light up the Hornets from distance. Um, the Lakers did it a few games ago. I think at one point Cleveland was shooting um, 11 from 15 from range. And, and of course, those include those difficult LeBron shots. Uh, from three point, but uh, the the Hornets defense is is the hallmark of the team. That's that's what Clifford's bread and butter. If, if they do not tighten up their defense, uh, they are not going to compete with the premier teams in the league. Period, and they're going to let the games that they should win slip away, uh, like they did with the Nets uh, a few games ago. Um, Clifford continues to talk about this physical play, tough play. Uh, this team. Um, 
for whatever reason, is, isn't the best at rebounding. Uh, MKG is a good rebounder, obviously. Uh, Batum is a strong rebounder, but everyone else is is just not physical. They're just they're just not tough, and and, and they don't they don't have the premier um, maybe length or athleticism to be. You know, Cody Cody is a hustle player. You know, Frank Frank is not the most athletic player. Uh, you know, Marvin Williams has never been a great rebounder. Uh, so it. This team has got to get its identity back, and that's hanging its hat on defense. Uh, I, I think this is a good team, and, and Clifford said it. He's This is a good team. They have a lot of skill. Uh, they are not necessarily the most athletic or the, the, the most um, offensively gifted team, but they are a very skilled team, and, and they can be very good. They have yet to reach their peak, but if, if they are going to do that, uh, they have got to start turning it around on the defensive end. Um, some things that I did like in this game. Let's get away from the negative for a second and talk about some good things. Kimball Walker had a fantastic game, uh, 37 points, uh, five rebounds, five assists. Um, Kimba started slow, especially from range. Uh, he uh, started the game 0 for 4, I think. And listen, uh, teams teams are really uh, targeting Kimba this season. Uh, he doesn't have a true second creator. Uh, Batum is more of a facilitator. He, he is not a, a second scoring option, even on a, a good team. He was a third or a fourth option in Portland for a reason, I think. I love Batum. I think, I think he's very good for this team. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, Kimba is really the true offensive talent on this team um and, and they 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 just rely on him so much uh, and he came on in the second half at, at one point in the second half he was eight for 12 uh, from the field uh, he was getting to the free throw line he started hitting uh, some three-pointers really uh, brought the team back the crowd got into it in the second half uh, Kimba had a, a great game um I think not having Kyrie out there to defend um really helped Kimba in terms of his endurance for the second half run, um, but just not enough firepower to compete with this uh, this world champion uh, Cleveland team. Clifford talked about it. You know th- they don't have the firepower to compete uh, with 120 or 115 scores. They they have got to get the defense down. Uh, some other positives. Uh, Frank Kaminsky uh, put up a nice game. Uh, if you're looking at the box score specifically, 15 points, five rebounds um, in 30 minutes of action. Uh, Clifford is is really trusting Kaminsky. He Kaminsky is a mystery to me in a lot of ways. I, I think uh, to a lot of fans, he is very polarizing. Um, the guy uh, can, he's just so streaky, man. Like uh, he, he will miss wide open shots. Uh, he, he can really struggle. Uh, he, he almost looks like a D-League player at times, and then he can play very well, and he played well in this game. Um, he shot five from nine from the field, four for four uh, from the free throw line. He has really struggled this season from range, and, and that was supposed to be his, his hallmark. I think he's only shooting 27% uh, from the three-point line this season. For whatever reason, um, this is a st- that I got from an article I read on NBA.com. Uh, uh, Frank Kaminsky has more wide open looks. I think that's defined as like five feet or more uh, being open that much. He gets more wide open looks than almost any other player from three point range in the NBA. Uh, he gets, um, he's shot over a hundred three pointers this season, but he's only made 27 of them. He's, he's shooting 27% from wide open threes. And, and this is why the Hornets drafted this guy was to make, uh, 
these open shots, and, and he's going to get them with Kimba being so good at penetrating now. Um, he, he is brought in to be a stretch five, and for whatever reason, he's not hitting uh, three-point shots. He's, he's got to get that part of his game down. Uh, the Hornets need his offense, uh, but he, he was strong in this game. Uh, kind, of, kind of an overall balanced attack from the Hornets, 12 from MKG. He had a good first half, uh, 10 from Marvin Williams, 13 from Batum, but just not enough offense. Uh, this team really needs to get Bellinelli back uh, because they rely on him and his shooting and his scoring. Uh, but again, not not a whole lot of deep analysis in this recap. Cleveland's good. Charlotte is, uh, excuse me, Cleveland is amazing. Charlotte's good. Let's, let's just be honest. Um, the, there's a big talent gap here, and it showed. So again, that's your Hornets recap. The Cleveland Cavaliers defeat the Charlotte Hornets at home, uh, 121-109. Charlotte's next game is on the road uh, on January 2nd against the Chicago Bulls. Something else that I've been uh, really excited to talk about in this episode uh, is this latest campaign by the Charlotte Hornets uh, marketing uh, division. Whoever is in the the marketing department for the Charlotte Hornets does an amazing job. Uh, There's this campaign uh, for Kimball Walker to be in the All-Star game this season. Uh, As a a fan of the Hornets, uh, I was very disappointed uh, in the NBA's decision this season to take the All-Star game away from Charlotte. Um, I don't want to get into politics. None of that's important for this podcast, but um, beyond basketball, um, Charlotte Charlotte has not had a good basketball team uh, for a long time. Uh, since the, the glory days in the early 90s where, where they had Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson and, and uh, you know, Gerald Wallace is the most recent uh, all-star. But since this new version of the Hornets, uh, since they've been this version of the Charlotte Hornets, they haven't had an all-star. And, and Kimba uh, is really playing at an all-star level and he deserves it. Uh, and, and it would just be awesome to see him in the all-star game this year. Um, so there's, there's this campaign going on right now uh, and it is absolutely brilliant uh, by the Charlotte Hornets. You can visit this website. It's called Walker Charlotte Ranger. And essentially Kimball Walker is taking on uh, the role of Walker Texas Ranger, uh, the role made famous by Chuck Norris, of course. Uh, and he is patrolling the streets of Charlotte, protecting the town. And it's just, it's a spoof of, of, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, and it's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, the the Hornets have done campaigns like this to uh, get recognition and votes for their players in the past. Uh, Big Al's paint was a big favorite of mine a few seasons ago when Big Al was playing great. There was MKG's security when they wanted him to be uh, on the all-defensive team, but this one takes the cake, man. I mean, this Walker Charlotte Ranger, it's brilliant. Uh, I just want to read, a, it's it's a web series, so there's there's episodes that you can watch about this. I just want to read the description to you. Uh, if, if, if This is from walkercharlotteranger.com. An action-oriented modern-day Eastern about a Buzz City lawman who relies on killer crossovers, uh, pernicious step-backs, and dead-eye sharpshooting to handle adversaries. In his sixth and best season, Walker, a basketball artist, is a Charlotte Ranger. Led by his all-star moves, Walker and his partner, Kamitsky, make it their business to battle the opposition in Charlotte all around the state of North Carolina and anywhere across the country. These guys battle on the hardwood, Take, these guys' battle on the hardwood takes place every night against big guys, low-post lifes, and elite coaching masterminds. I, I think this is brilliant stuff. Uh, and, and so this is, again, a campaign to get Kimball Walker into the All-Star game. Uh, Frank Kaminsky makes a cameo appearance as his deputy, um, as uh, as 
was a big fan myself of Walker, Texas Ranger in cheesy 80s action movies. I, I just, I love this campaign. I, I think they're doing a great job. Spencer Hawes uh, provides the music in uh, the first episode and in the trailer for it. And it's just super well produced. It's funny. It's, it's light. It's, it's just good, fun stuff. So here's here's what I'm asking my audience to do, my potential audience. We need to get Kimba in this All-Star game. I, I think he's going to get in because he's been playing at a great level. We're going to talk about this with our guest, uh, Dan Favale, in, in just a few minutes. But uh, there's several ways you can vote for Kimba to get in this All-Star game. And you should check out this website for sure, walkercharlotteranger.com. Uh, you can vote for Kimba on Twitter. Uh, all you have to do is uh, tweet, re- retweet, or reply uh, at Kimba Walker, hashtag NBA vote. You can do that on Facebook or you can fill out a ballot on NBA.com. Every single fan can vote once a day. Uh, Every 24 hours you can vote uh, from NBA.com to submit things that way. Also on the website, um, there's uh, this reviews section uh, for Kimba Walker. It's got quotes uh, by uh, opposing coaches, by commentators, people on ESPN, and articles. You can watch the episodes yourself. Uh, there's um, articles that have been posted all over the internet talking about uh, how he has fixed his jumper, how he's become an elite point guard. Uh, just it's a, a terrific campaign by the Charlotte Hornets to try and get him. You can shop and buy merchandise. Oh, wait, it's all sold out because it's a big fake thing anyway. But I would love to have a Kimba Walker hat or a book or a wanted sign. I, I think that would be awesome. Wanted Kimba Walker in the All-Star game. Again, Charlotte uh, Hornets trying to get Kimba Walker into the All-Star game. WalkerCharlotteRanger.com. You should definitely check it out if you're a fan of the team, if you're a fan of Kimba Walker. Let's get this guy in the All-Star game. Make sure you vote for him again coming up this season. He deserves it. He's been here for a long time, uh, six years, and to see his rise, to see his improvement has been truly fun. Let's get him to New Orleans and get him to represent our team. The final part of this podcast is going to be centered around our interview with our featured guest, Dan Favale. We are very privileged to welcome in Dan. He is a featured NBA columnist for BleacherReport.com. Bleacher Report is, of course, one of the most visited websites in the entire world for sports uh, and for really anything. Dan, again, is a featured columnist for Bleacher Report. He doesn't just write on the Charlotte Hornets, of course, but he covers all things for the NBA. Uh, Dan is one of the most popular writers that Bleacher Report has. Uh, His articles have received, in December alone, almost one million reads. So we are very humbled and honored to have Dan uh, come on the podcast uh, and talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Just one quick note uh, about this interview. This was recorded uh, back in December in anticipation of our January launch. So any stats given during the interview, of course, probably a little bit dated. They were accurate at the time of the uh, recording, not necessarily at the time of the publication. And also, we tried to keep the topics um, uh, big picture related for the Hornets and not necessarily game specific. So again, we're privileged to welcome in our featured guest, Dan Favale with Bleacher Report. Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Dan, a lot of your articles uh, feature topics like uh, trades, uh, 
needs that teams have to go from being a team in the middle of the pack to contending and being a a bigger threat uh, to the premier teams in the league. I think this is exactly where the Hornets are. We just talked about this uh, earlier in our recap tonight. Uh, Charlotte is a good team, but they're not a great team. And uh, if if you're a team like the Hornets, and and I'm an irrational fan uh, who loves to play fantasy GM, why why shouldn't the Hornets go after one of these premier players who's constantly being mentioned in NBA trade talks? Uh, that that could be a, a player like Demarcus Cousins, or there's even talk of somebody like a Paul George, or I think the Hawks are starting to shop some of their players in their core, like a, a Paul Millsap. Uh, even if it's unlikely to happen for a small market team like Charlotte, why shouldn't they swing for the fences? Uh, because the the premier teams, the Bostons, the Clevelands, of course, and Toronto are going to start to separate themselves. Uh, why shouldn't Charlotte swing for the fences and try to get a big name? Uh, it, what deal would be out there for them, I guess, is what you would have to look at. Their roster, the way it is now, seems pretty set. Um, and you just look at that core of Kemba Walker and, and Nicholas Batum and Michael K. Gilchrist especially, and I'm not sure who you're able to move to get the pieces that they need. Um, they seem like they need some help at either power forward or center. Cody Zeller's pretty good. Uh, Frank Kaminsky can be pretty good, and he can space the floor on certain nights. Marvin Williams' shooting percentages have plummeted, but he's still a quality player. Roy Hibbert has looked a lot better in Charlotte than he ever did in Los Angeles or the tail end of his time uh, with the Pacers, but they, they need an upgrade there, and I'm not sure you can consolidate those guys um, into anything special, and I'm not sure you want to move someone like Marvin Williams. Uh, you don't want to move Cody Zeller. It's also tough to move him after just signing him to an extension. I don't know what Spencer Haas would get you on the trade market. If they make any moves, it, it would probably be pretty small time, maybe going after a backup point guard. They haven't found the solution there since Jeremy Lin left. Um, Ramon Sessions hasn't been that great. Uh, Brian Roberts barely plays. So I would expect them to make a move like that. And even if there was a swing for the fences trade out there, is there anything they can do to bridge the gap or, or close the gap between them and Cleveland? You know, Maybe they get closer to Toronto. Maybe they're able to usurp Boston, but that could still end up being a first or second round playoff exit with how close all the teams in the Eastern Conference are. And the goal right now is you have to catch Cleveland in the East. That's just the standard. And I don't see a move out there um, for the Hornets to make just based off the players who we could think might be available that, that would really help them bridge that chasm. Dan, yeah, thank you for being uh, the voice of reason. Uh, Charlotte is is not likely to make uh, a, a move for one of these premier players. Uh, but what Rich Cho, the GM uh, of the Charlotte Hornets, is is much more known for doing is is making the midseason trade that is under the radar that really does help the team. Uh, in the last several years, he has made one of these midseason trades. Uh, last year, um, of course, brought in Courtney Lee, and he was pivotal to the playoff run uh, for the Hornets. Uh, the year before that, I think Gary Neal and Luke Gridenauer were brought in. Even going as far back as a, a player like Josh McRoberts has, has really uh, not been a big name, but has really helped a team like the Hornets um, fill holes and fill needs. Uh, if Charlotte doesn't go after a big name player, do you think a smaller trade could be on the horizon for the Hornets? Again, I don't know who um, a, a team like Charlotte would necessarily shop. 
Um, I think something to look at is if they really want to upgrade the, the front court positions is you automatically look at guys like Marco Bellinelli, uh, excuse me, Marco Bellinelli or Jeremy Lamb. Maybe you can use them, partner them with one of your other bigs and, and try and bring in uh, a better center, a better power forward. Um, I, I know the deal that's been kicked around a lot was something like Jeremy Lamb and Spencer Haas for Greg Monroe from the Bucks. Uh, I'm not sure that that's a deal the Hornets would want to pull the trigger on if they're comfortable with their front court guys, especially with how well Lamb seems to be playing now, given how much Monroe is making this year. You don't know what he's going to do next year. He has that player option for free agency. But but I think if, if they're going to move people, you're going to end up seeing a Marco Bellinelli um, or a Jeremy Lamb attached to someone else to bring in that upgrade that they need in the front court. Yeah, I think that sounds perfectly reasonable. Uh, Dan, Charlotte uh, started out playing really well on offense this season uh, and, and playing good defense at the beginning of the year. They started out with an 8-3 and three record. Uh, since then, they've been playing near 500 basketball. Uh, what do you think this team needs to do to get back to uh, their early season form, if they can do that? Uh, the offense was surprisingly good at the beginning of the season. They were they were hovering around the top ten of offensive efficiency for a while, and they haven't been facing these crazy good defenses of late. You saw Detroit and Orlando that they played, uh, but those were both victories. So their shooting has fallen off a little bit. They're still shooting thirty five percent from beyond the arc, but in today's league, that's really just okay. It might even be considered below average. Uh, so, so you want to see if they can upgrade their spacing in any way. I wonder if maybe you need to try throwing out Cody Zeller even more time at center. I know he's seen some burn at the four spot. Maybe it's even time to play Marvin Williams some more time at center, which is what we kind of saw Steve Clifford do uh, in very minor doses last year, uh, particularly in the playoffs. But maybe he's not comfortable with Williams as a rim protector to do that. But Williams was so good at protecting the rim last year and I think that would add a different dynamic uh, to your offense that you need at this point when you don't have Courtney Lee when you don't have Jeremy Lin both of whom we're going to make more shots and be able to space the floor better than MKG could right now Uh, it doesn't help that Nicholas Batum isn't really as good as he was last year but again maybe if if you can run those five out ish lineups um, to, to really try and get him some open lanes to make life easy on Kemba Walker who has probably been the best point guard in the East thus far. Uh, I think the key there is you, you have to find a way to just unlock some more spacing and shooting and just general production out of your offense. Yeah, Dan, you mentioned uh, Kimba Walker, and uh, he, we have really seen a leap in his uh, level of play this season, uh, both in terms of his efficiency and his uh, overall production. Um do you think Kimball Walker has played at an all-star level this season? I, I know he has to compete with the, the bigger names uh, on the, the bigger market teams. He's got to compete with the John Walls and, and the Kyle Lowry's and the Isaiah Thomas's and, and of course, Kyrie Irving. But do you think he is going to make his first appearance in the all-star game this season? Yeah, absolutely. If we were going to pick teams just based off merit and feel the starting five, he's in the starting backcourt for the East, whether you partner him with Kyle Lowry or John Wall. I believe he's been the best point guard in the East this year, if we have to get down the nitty-gritty. I know Wall has been fantastic, uh, but he's vacillated a little bit more on defense than I expected him to. He was also injured for a minute or missed a couple games for a minute. And Kyle Lowry is really starting to find his groove after starting slow, but Kemba Walker has just 
putting up these absurd numbers, these career numbers, and you can argue that the talent around him has gotten worse uh, since last year. So you, you factor all that in, and, and you also have to consider that he's playing, I think it's like 2.5 minutes less per game uh, than he did last year, and yet so many of his numbers are up. He's just been an f- offensive fireball for the Hornets, and I like that this year and and last year as well. It seems like he's really hustling on the defensive end. It's not always to great results just because he is a little bit undersized. Uh, 6'1 really isn't optimal to defend some of these other guards in the league, but but he tries, and, and you really have to appreciate that. So just looking at his body of work this season, I don't know how you say with any definitiveness that any point guard in the East has been better than him. Yeah, Dan, I think even the most uh, rational of NBA fans knows that it's going to be Cleveland in the East. Uh, everybody's got to go through LeBron James. And then in the West, of course, it's going to be Golden State. Uh, we, we just saw this tremendous Christmas Day game, uh, and, and everyone is talking about the trilogy and, and how these two teams are going to play in the finals again. Um, if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan and you know that you're not going to compete for a championship, what do you think uh, would define a successful season for Charlotte? Uh, is it Simply making the playoffs is it uh, is it uh, maybe making the second round? Like if, if what is a, a successful season for the Charlotte Hornets this season in your eyes? The second round certainly realistic. You don't want to say this to get people's hopes up or to sound way off base, but if you can avoid playing Cleveland in the first two rounds, your goal for a team like the Hornets should be the Eastern Conference Finals because you can beat any of those other teams that are right there. The New York Knicks really aren't that good, and they're ahead of the Charlotte Hornets right now. The Raptors are very good, but we've seen them in each of the last three years, I think, really struggle at points in the postseason. The, the Chicago Bulls have crashed back down to earth. Their offense is not that great. Their defense is only okay. Will Dwayne Wade hold up for a whole year? Uh, will Ray John Rondo continue to have a positive impact in the offense for the whole year? You worry about the Celtics like you would the Raptors, especially because Boston hasn't been fully healthy yet, but you can't name a team other than Cleveland that you know will beat the Hornets in a best-of-seven series. So uh, if you're the Hornets, you know not that you should play the seed game and end up trying to get um, a lower spot if that's what it takes to avoid Cleveland in the first two rounds, but your goal should be to play through the Eastern Conference's playoff bracket until the Cavaliers uh, come up. For you, And if that's the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think if you're the Hornets, you have enough talent in this current Eastern Conference landscape to make it there. The moral of the story is stay away from LeBron James and these amazing Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Dan, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. Uh, we greatly appreciate your knowledge and uh, just taking some time out of your uh, busy schedule to talk about uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, again, you can check out Dan Favale's um, writing and his articles on Bleacher Report. He is a featured columnist for them. I greatly and and highly encourage you to check out uh, some of his stuff. He is a great writer. Again, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Most definitely. Thank you for having me. All right, that's going to do it for our first ever podcast. Thanks again for checking out Hoops from the Hive podcast for you, the Charlotte Hornets fanatic. Again, my name is Dan Dodson, and I will be your host for this podcast. Thanks for giving us a try. Again, this is something we're new to, so we're tweaking some things and trying some things. Uh, We're asking you to, number one, subscribe if you like us. Tell a friend. Number two, write us a rating. Uh, And finally, number three, give us a review. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review. We 
will read every single comment and try to tweak and, and, and do better every single time. Uh, again, thanks for checking us out. We hope you have a great day and make sure you check us out next time. Again, I am your host, Dan Dodson, and this is Hoops from the Hive.